Welcome to a new episode of the Cigar Snob Podcast interview series, where we sit down with interesting personalities from the world of cigars, spirits, entertainment, and just about anyone else who's worth smoking a cigar with. And now here's your host, Eric Calvino. All right. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we have a special guest today, Mr. Claudio Sgroy of Mombacho Cigars. And even though we have a special guest, I brought a special cigar. Yep. So I I store cigars and I age them and, and I, you know, I hope that one day I'm able to, like, have a payoff for having stored it all this time. So this is one of those moments. You sent us this box of 10th anniversary. How many years ago? That was uh, five years ago. Five years ago, and I've been hanging on to this, even though we smoked them, raided them, and everything, but we have a couple left. And so, pick your weapon, sir. Uh, Eric, you totally got me. Because the 10th anniversary, I do not have one in my humidor. Ah, well, so that's why I do these things. <laughs> so, like I said, I always hope for that payoff. And so, like, to see the big grin that you have on your face because you're going to get to smoke it. When I saw the box, that's my I payoff. Like, oh, wow. That's my payoff. So, yes. so we'll enjoy this as we, as we get into uh, the story of Mombacho today and, and what's going on with it. And, um, but along the way, we'll talk about what it's uh, smoking like, right? Yes. Yes. So, you know, some people probably wondering what the hell you're doing by yep. ramming that thing up your nose like that. <laughs> no. There is always... Uh, so, yeah, uh, I think you can explain it a little bit to yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, first of all, uh, thank you for having me. Oh, this please, awesome. man, please. Uh, you know, I feel home here. Thank you to you and the beautiful team uh, thank you, man. Uh, of uh, Cigar Snob. There was, this was uh, a very, uh, you know, uh, specific cigar, not only because it was the 10th anniversary, but as well because for the first time, uh, you know, I blended the tobacco so from the different lines that we were making at that time, uh, like uh, Tierra Volcan, Liga Maestro, uh, and I blended them into a cigar because uh, we are sitting with my partner saying, okay, 10th anniversary, what kind of cigar should be? It was like, a, it's a piece of history of the company. So why not uh, uh, blending the to all the tobaccos or at least the tobaccos from the different lines that we are using into one cigar? Because my idea was, uh, okay, Tierra Volcana. I didn't even know that. Yes, Tierra Volcana. I never, I will never use uh, tobaccos from Tierra Volcana for Liga Maestro, for example. So they are totally different blends and no one tobacco mixed with the other one lines. And uh, so the first time I did that, you didn't know that? No, I didn't know that yes. it was, no. Because of the meaning of the 10th anniversary wasn't only, you know, the milestone uh, of the company. It was like, uh, we have to give a piece of history of the company to the people to taste that, that history. So that's why I, I blended it. the different tobaccos. Yeah, yeah. If I did know it, I forgot it. <laughs> so, but thank you, man. That's a that's a cool story. So yep. we'll fire these up. Yes. And then we'll get into a little bit of how you got here, right? Yeah. Because yes. still, still there are people out there who don't know Claudio. Yes. So we should still give them a little bit of, uh, of yep. history. Yep. Uh, how we met. Yep. Uh, and then, uh, and then we'll. We'll catch up, catch them up with what's happening with Mombacho today. Awesome. So take a break. Let's light these. Stay with us. Brothers Billy and Gus Fakie, former owners of the Cigar Inn retail shops in New York City, have put their years of experience serving a broad range of cigar smokers into their new cigar company, Artesano del Tobacco. Their first release, Viva La Vida, is a Nicaraguan puro produced at the A.J. Fernandez factory. Viva La Vida is available in five Vitolas, a 6.5 by 54 Torpedo, a 6 by 54 Toro, a 6 by 60 Gran Toro, a 5 by 54 Robusto, and a limited edition Diademas Finas, which is a beautifully made Perfecto that's 6.5 by 52. Prices range from $10.50 for the Robusto up to $14.50 for the limited edition Diademas Finas. The cigars are not only made by A.J. Fernandez, but also distributed by him as well. Viva La Vida cigars are only available at brick-and-mortar cigar shops. So ask your local dealer for Viva La Vida, or look them up at artesanodeltobacco.net. You can also connect with them via their Facebook and Instagram, at Artesano Del Tobacco. As you can see, we are lit. 
Uh, we're always lit. No. <laughs> I love being cheesy. That's one of the good things about getting older. You can just be cheesy. <laughs> yes. So. So what are your first impressions of the cigar now that you smoked the first one in whatever, five years or so? You know, uh, beautiful aging still has uh, uh, the strength. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, for me, it's still aging. You can, you, you can feel something in your back or your throat, you know, a little tingling, that this is going away with a little bit more of aging. And it's going to smoother a little bit more. It bringing up uh, uh, the spiciness in the back. It's going to be in the front. Because when 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 now <clears throat> we always say aging tobacco or aging cigars. Because that's the true problem. Because when we say aging, we can mix or confuse uh, both of them. Because okay? both things get aged. Because they age, of course. When you make a cigar with aged tobacco, the cigar, the life of aging of that cigar is shorter than a cigar that is made uh, with tobaccos uh, that they are very young. Mm -hmm. Because you still have, uh, you know, that, that, that. It's much the, more volatile. Exactly, it's still changing a exactly. lot. Exactly. This cigar, you can feel that it's still missing a little bit of aging. Because uh, now, after five years, uh, you can get into this. When you have a cigar that is very young or tobacco aged, uh, and you make a cigar, after a couple of years, uh, you see if uh, it's going to age more or less, uh, if it lost... Uh, the little spiciness uh, that it was, uh, you know, very strong in the beginning. Uh, very complicated. Very complicated. But again, 10th anniversary, thank you for giving me this. this well, is so I think that maybe people are are thinking that you're talking about a negative with the, the tingle. We're not, it, it, not at all. No, right? not this at is all. A, this is a very positive tingle. Yeah, it is a very positive. Yeah, there's no harshness <laughs> if that's what you're thinking that he meant by that. Exactly. Yeah. You know my English, so I know that's why I'm I, that's why I'm translating. Translate. Oh yes, that's all I'm here for. <laughs> so that that is not bad. Actually, it is a good thing because if you do not have that tingling here and there in the front or in the back, it's a kind of tobacco that doesn't have a lot of character. Correct. Okay, so you Agreed. have to have a taste, okay, aromas, and stimulation. So the tingling is part of the stimulation exactly. that tobacco gives you. Yeah, so you don't, and, and the difference would be smoking something yeah. very, very mild that has no character, no yes. tingling, mm -hmm. no stimulation. Uh, and so that's not what you want because that's not the kind of cigars that you like. As a matter of fact, I gave you, the last time you were here, I gave you a cigar from a very big cigar company yep. uh, that makes very good cigars. Yes. And it was one of their recent releases, and you thought, yeah, this is a like a breakfast cigar. Yes. Which it wasn't. It's a medium it was medium bodied it was very appropriate for the afternoon yeah, yes. and maybe even dinner for most people but for you because it was medium bodied and mostly creamy mm -hmm. um you didn't that's not your kind of cigar so that's the other interesting thing is that you blend cigars for the consumer but from your point of view of what you think a consumer will love and that's because Beautiful you're the number point. one consumer beautiful point uh, because uh, you know making cigars i could make cigars uh, that only myself i like that i cannot smoke uh, twenty thousand cigars from a batch by myself you know i i have uh, not enough time to smoke all of them in a yeah. short period of time the problem is uh, when you are making a blend you should have uh, the personal taste of course that i call if you want the signature that i put uh, on the production of Mombacho, but as well uh, a technical point of view for example, blending, uh, the first three words I always have in my mind, uh, it's uh, aroma, balance, and persistence. What it means? The aromas. has to have uh, nice aromas. has to bring up uh, those aromas that could be typical from a region or a country or a seed. Then the balance, which is extremely difficult. The, all those strong flavors should be supported uh, by a strength uh, that it shouldn't overpower the, the aromas or it shouldn't break the balance so that you can make it between both. Sure. And then persistency. You smoke a cigar after 10 minutes, so you're like, uh, uh, oh, that was good. That's not the impression I want to give you. I want to give you that impression that after one hour, you are still... Uh, you, you so still you're talking about what you're calling persistency, we taste, call finish. Finish, aftertaste, yeah. yes. It has to be a longer finish than aftertaste, because then you remember, oh, that bombacho was good. Interesting, yeah. You know, finish is, is one of the sort of undervalued mm -hmm. 
uh, characteristics of a cigar. I, yes. I think that yes. people tend to either ignore it altogether mm-hmm. or in a lot of cases, they look at it as a negative. Yeah. And they'll say, oh, I don't want to keep tasting the cigar. Yeah. But if the cigar is really good, you're going to then you to want burn your fingers and your yeah, lips. Yeah, you want to keep that flavor and that aroma in that it stays, right? I always think uh, in a cigar, you should have a, a total experience of the cigar from the beginning to the end. So it is true, we have a cigars that they are pretty flat. You know, they start in a way, they smooth a little bit, but they are pretty much the same. Then you have cigars that they go up and down with the famous, uh, you know, the tears of the cigar, sure. the, fir- the first, the second. Uh, yes, of course. Yeah, the three hits, let's exactly. say. At the end, when it's up, when it goes uh, up in flavor or is stronger than the beginning, or you feel like I'm burning uh, the, my lips because you like it, that's a finish you want to have. You don't want to have a boring finish, bitter, a little bit spicy that you're like, no, it's done. I don't want to smoke anymore. Yeah. That's why sometimes when they say, oh, it was so good that I want to smoke another one. And someone says, ah, oh, I want to smoke another one because I didn't get enough. I'm like, no, maybe because you liked so much that cigar, <laughs> you want to smoke another one right after. Interesting. So that's a good segue to talk about uh, your history, right? Yeah. Because you came into the cigar business mm-hmm. from a very different angle than most people right you're not a a family of tobacco no, growers no, no. or cigar makers or anything no, like no, that no, no, so not at all yeah why don't you why don't you give us a brief uh history of claudio in the tobacco world claudio tobacco world started in uh, may uh may 18 2001 i was already living in dominican republic and i was an interpreter and translator and italian teacher and uh i remember that you know I got a phone call from a beautiful lady, Olga Estrella. Always in my heart, Olga. <laughs> uh, they said, "Ah, oh, you're Italian, and uh, we got a group of Italian coming. I need a translator and interpreter for a week because these guys are visiting a factory in Dominican Republic, and we need someone translating from uh, French, uh, Spanish uh, to Italian. I'm like, okay, I can do that. that. That's my job. Olga, change your life. Yes, changed my life, of course, because uh, my question was, uh, what's about the uh, the conference or the visit? Uh, and she was like, no, it's about tobacco and cigars. And I jumped a little bit on my on my chair saying, uh, I'm a translator, I'm an interpreter, but I don't know if I, you know, I'm uh, easy with the dictionary or words or technical stuff about tobacco because yeah. I don't smoke cigars. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't have the, the words. Of course. Of course. And uh, I didn't smoke cigar at that time. So uh, I started with that. And after the, the, the first day that... Uh, so she that, said, that it's, was, it's okay that you don't know yes, the words. We'll yes, get by. Yes. So a week before that translation, I went to Santiago because I was living in Santo Domingo at that time. And uh, I met the Davidoff Worldwide Ambassador at that time, Raymond Scherer, one of my mentors. <clears throat> and he said, uh, Claudio, you just have to be beside me. No worries. Uh, you know, world-class man was like uh, one of those guys that you will remember for your life since the first time you talked to him. Yeah. And then, of course, I say I saw I saw Enki. So Enki, actually, I saw him. Enki, he's Enki referring Kali. to Enki Kellner. Yes, because the company that called me for the translation was Davidoff. So I remember the first day of translation with my uh, blue, you know, shirt, uh, my little square tie, because I, you know, I tried to look uh, very professional. Okay. And... Uh, the, the worldwide ambassador gave the the, uh, the welcome to the Italian group, and then after uh, maybe half hour, Henke took the microphone and started talking about tobacco, the history, and uh, you know when you know Henke very well. Yeah, when he starts talking about tobacco, yeah, it's hard not to get passionate with him, right? <laughs> Only the fact that that deep voice, uh, like uh, you, you smell, you feel uh, tobacco. You are like. Uh, that was my impression the first Not only 30 that, seconds. but he, he uh, you know, he's Henke Kellner. Yeah. And he looks European. Yes. And then he starts talking like a purebred Dominican. And you're like, what is this? Yes. Uh, and then he starts dropping knowledge and he's just, it's nonstop. And when he starts getting on it, you just, you know, you can't help it, right? He's mesmerizing in a way. That's a when you're when you're in the beginning of yeah. of getting into cigars, he blows you away. That that's a reason why I fell in love. Yep. After thirty seconds, I don't know why. Okay. So you're because, translating uh, what he's saying 
I'm uh, beside him yeah. with my microphone, uh, like uh, glued here. Okay, and he's waiting uh, to try to get that translation like perfectly. And he, and he talks very fast. Faster, <laughs> and he talks a Dominican. Yeah, yeah. I should say a very good Spanish, but... Uh, but very Dominican. Very Dominican. No doubt. There's no question. When he starts talking, you're like, this guy's Dominican. It's like, uh, it's beautiful to see him. Yeah. And after 30 seconds, I said, I want to be like him. I don't know why. I don't know. I was like uh, shaking, but not because I was afraid not to do a good job. I was shaking, saying, oh my gosh, what's this? I yeah, you, like, saw, you saw greatness. Revelation. In, yeah, yeah, Greatness. Yeah. Uh, more than that, uh, deep knowledge. Uh, like uh, I, I would say, that is uh, one of the greatest of all time. It's one of the the true master that will be always there. His name will never, never, you know, going away from pages of books. Uh, he's uh, one of the true masters. Yeah. And my 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 thing was, uh, I learned from these masters, you know, because then I was uh, so into this, and I said, I wa I want to I want to have a job in tobacco. So I left. Okay, the, so then, yeah, fast forward. So now you, yeah. you left the what was it like an Italian institute or something? Yeah, yeah. Or? I was an, an Italian teacher yeah. in an Italian school. And so I, then I left that. I left that and I asked a job at Davidoff. Yeah, at Davidoff. So between other things and receiving other groups, uh, I I ended up uh, selling Davidoff cigars in Dominican Republic, uh, going around, and of course every time uh, you know plantation uh, through the factory in Enki. And uh, even the people from Switzerland coming to receive the groups uh, that, that were going there. I mean, I had the really the best school ever because uh, I can tell you, first I started where the tobacco is growing. So it is not uh, just, okay, smoke a cigar, enjoy, uh, you can smoke a cigar like this. It was like the true masters from scratch. So after that, and that was fast because I stayed two and a half years there and then I moved to Geneva. And in Geneva, I uh, was... Uh, uh, Still working for Davidoff. Yeah, always for Davidoff. At the uh, Davidoff store of Geneva, the first uh, that Zeno Davidoff worked his entire life there. Yeah. And I was in charge of the humidor and the uh, premium cigars uh, into that shop. Remember, I, I had like uh, 450 SKUs in, in inventory. It was, uh, you know, Geneva is an international city. It's one of those shops. Uh, if you're in Geneva, you go to visit Davidoff, right? Yeah. So, After you awesome. visit the watch places, yeah, yes, yes, uh, and of course, uh, imagine me from the, uh, three almost three years in Dominican Republic to Geneva. The first week that it was already uh, winter, and then getting sick every week. It was cold, uh, but awesome, awesome experience. Yeah, beautiful experience. So, so then let's again forward to how you end up mm -hmm. at Mombacho. Yes, or before that. Before that, you actually worked at uh, mm. Defacio. Uh, no, before that, uh, from Geneva, I went back to Italy yep. for three years. Uh, and there, I was promoted uh, brand, uh, brand manager for all the uh, Davidoff brands for Italy. So if you want a ramp up from uh, you know <laughs> translating uh, the masters, yep. like, okay, you stay beside me, down to being uh, you know the manager of all the brands for a country for Davidoff. So translator, helping events and things of yeah. that nature. Yeah. Then uh, store in the yard, really in humidor the yard. manager, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, repping repping uh, Davidoff in the yard, then humidor manager in Switzerland, mm -hmm. and then brand manager in Italy, mm -hmm. all for Davidoff. So then, what happens? Then uh, uh, you know the time has start changing, and I was uh, a lot into. Uh, I was attracted by United States market because uh, you know I pretty much worked in Dominican Republic and in Europe. So I didn't know very well the market in the United States, uh, and I knew that it was the that it is the biggest in the world, and I was attracted by Asia, as well, because cigars were starting to get uh, more famous, uh, that the countries were opening more uh, to cigars, uh, and uh, you know I left Davidoff, and I moved to Miami in 2009, 2009 uh, that was July 2009, and uh, my first you got off the plate plane and you met us exactly. <laughs> Just because about, I was going to say the about. first contact uh, inside the industry was an event uh, where you guys were yeah. in Coral Gables. That was uh, October 2009. That was uh, my very first uh, official event uh, that I went uh, smoking cigars. In and the U.S.? People. Yes, in the United States. That's yeah, funny, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah, so that's... Yeah, yeah. That's as... Uh, you saw me crawling. We saw you crawling <laughs> in the cigar business uh, more than yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah. So for us, it's always fun to see... You know, you grow in this business, and and now, uh, you're you're master blender yeah. at yeah. Mombacho, 
Uh, so let's talk a little bit about that. Like when, when you take on that position and yeah. you and your partners at Mombacho, yeah. you say, yeah, don't worry. I can, I can do the blending, mm -hmm. but, but you haven't been a blender at that point. And you, so how was that in terms of your, you know, your nerves or, yeah, or yeah. the pressure yeah, yeah. that you had yeah, yeah. in, in saying, yeah, I can do this. Mm -hmm. Don't worry, I can do this, but I haven't done it at a high level yet. Yes. Uh, let's say that I didn't manage the production and blending of a factory so far. Yes, that's that's, that's uh, exactly that's, uh, what I'm. That's exactly what what I what I was at that point. So when I left the Dominican Republic, uh, that I, you know I was going a lot into tobacco and uh, and the factory and the other things. So I got the knowledge of process, uh, and more than that, uh, I should say, Enki always gave me that curiosity. That for me was the best thing in the game. Was like uh, you should be curious about tobacco. Don't stay there saying, uh, "Oh, it is spicy." Was like uh, ask, ask why it's spicy, and then I go deep, and then be curious. So I took that uh, since the first day, and I always kept it with me. So when I when I came to the United States, uh, then uh, after the event uh, that we met, I started working as a consultant in the industry because uh, a very good friend of mine said, "Claudio, you went through production, uh, the seeds, uh, tobacco growing." Uh, uh, everything in Dominican Republic, uh, from uh, selling cigars and managing humidors uh, through brand managing, uh, you should be a consultant because uh, you touch pretty much uh, all the steps, uh, let's say, from the seed to the ash. Well, like, uh, that's a very good idea. So I started uh, you know, consulting brands, and uh, I had uh, a couple of years of uh, managing uh, small brands and working uh, one with marketing and sales, the other one with some uh, new size, uh, so blending was always in my mind, and blending was and always you know traveling to Dominican Republic or Nicaragua. I was really deep in, in, into you know tobacco and blending. That was my passion. Yeah, that was what. You but know, you still haven't run a factory. No, never run a factory. Yeah, and uh, the the Mombacho. This is a, a very funny story because I met the Mombacho with the uh, they put an offer on uh, on LinkedIn. They were looking for a brand manager for China. As I told you, I was attracted by the United States or sure. Asia. So I was already here. I was very successful as a consultant. And uh, and I saw that post. I said, oh, I talked to my wife and I was like, uh, so would you like to go to China? In case they missed it, it was a posting on LinkedIn. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so now you present it yeah. to so your wife. Hey. Cigars is looking for a brand manager uh, for the Chinese market. I was like, oh, who's Mombacho Cigars? Who are these guys? But I was attracted by China. And, you know, consulting, uh, you are open to you know, talk and project. What, and year, is, what year is this? That was 2000, uh, summer 2001. Yep. Yep. Okay. So uh, we had a couple of phone calls uh, with, uh, with Marcus and Cam, the founders of uh, Mombacho Cigars. And they said, uh, oh, Claudio, you don't speak Mandarin. Wait a second. You said summer 2001. No. Yeah, yeah. Summer 2001 was when uh, that No, no, sorry, 2011. Ah, what I see. 2011, yes. Okay, yes. okay. Yeah, 2001, I was, I was like, uh, yeah, still in, on a second. Uh, starting in Dominican Republic. 2011, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, because I came to the United States in 2009. Nine. A couple of years of consulting, and then a Mombacho. So then in 11, yes. you find this posting, Yes. and they tell you, no, man, you don't speak Mandarin. Yes. Chill out. Yes, <laughs> chill out. And then the phone call turned into, ah, but you have a lot of experience in the fields. Uh, you worked uh, Dominican Republic with a master blender and uh, your ex, your past projects. Uh, we have a factory in, uh, in Nicaragua. I was like, sorry, wait, wait a second. Come again? So, uh, I never heard about you guys. And you have a factory in Nicaragua. And then they say, yes, in Granada. I'm like, uh, uh, I know Esteli. Everybody knows Esteli. Nobody knows Granada about cigars. Or uh, if there is a factory there, and actually, Cam and, and Marcus, they, they they had a little factory in Granada. They were to making, clarify, Cam and Marcus are your partners. My partners, uh, yeah. and they founded the Mombacho Cigars in 2006. So after that, we start talking, and they said, uh, uh, we agreed to make a, a three-month project to go down in Granada to look at the factory, the process, the quality controls, and blending, and sourcing tobacco, and all those things. So it was pretty much a. a, a a place uh, where to enjoy cigars, an awesome place. We pull uh, the lounge. Was We're like, talking about uh, Casa Favilla. Casa, Favi uh, Casa, Casa Mombacho in Granada. 
wow. the first factory that they uh, they had okay when i wasn't part of it and uh it was spreading the love uh, for cigars uh, from granada nicaragua to the world so they were making one size one blend uh, and having events uh, in china because they were looking for a brand manager and then uh, in canada because they are canadian, they're canadian yeah yeah and uh we start and we won't hold that against them it's okay they are, you know what? Canadians are very funny. Yes, yes, they are. But funny. this may cost you your job, so let's, <laughs> let's, let's move this. Yes, else. yeah, yeah. yeah. Let, let's go on. And uh, <laughs> okay, and uh, that's funny what you say. <laughs> so we started going to Granada, and in these three months, uh, you know, I was decomposing the cigars. Actually, I was really opening uh, the cigars that they were making, saying this tobacco and that tobacco and the blend, the smoking. Uh, and I was, uh, you know, very easy uh, with that uh, because I had uh, yeah, my, yeah. my experience in the sure. past. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I, I saw something into these two guys at that time. They were two guys from Canada for me, right? It was like uh, they had a specific vision and philosophy that was like, uh, wait a second. You are not from the industry. You are casual smokers. And you open at the factory. You are making a cigar. You are one one vidola, exactly one size yeah. and one blend, and only for events and friends in Toronto. And what then the in hell China. is this? Like, uh, right? Yeah. What's wrong with you? Yeah, yeah. Because that like, that would be like for yes. coming from where you came, exactly. Uh, being Davidoff. Yep. Uh, and then spending two years here yes. in Miami in the cigar business, you look at that and you say, "What the hell are you doing?" That's w exactly what. What I is I this, had. right? Uh, so, so then. You joined them full-time. I joined them full-time because after the, those three months that we were going constantly to, uh, to Granada, there was something uh, like chemical happening. Yeah. You know, we got together. We got the same ideas, the same way to talk to each other, the same, uh, you know, embracing the same vision, yeah. uh, the, that philosophy of Granada, history. Because I remember Granada is the first town that was built in the continent of the Americas. So I was like, uh, why yeah, you no. guys are in Granada? You're not in Esteli. And all those But they looked at it from a different point of view. Exactly. Yeah. All those bullet points of Mombacho were solid. I was like, uh, first time, uh, let's do something. So after the three months, Cam called me back saying, uh, uh, buddy, you know, contract is over. It was three months. It was a pleasure. I was like, eh, you know what? I like these guys. And then he went straight forward saying, uh, you want to jump on board, uh, not as a consultant, but as a partner. Like, a oh boy, what should we do here? <laughs> That's yeah, and man. I was pretty successful at the uh, at that time. I remember while making the the the, uh, the project with Mombacho as a consultant, I had other two projects, both in Dominican Republic. So I was pretty happy with my career, in, you yeah, know, as a consultant. And it was a quick, uh, easy week of uh, calls and uh, you know, no confrontation, not even negotiation. It was that talking. And in March of 2012, I moved to Granada. Fantastic. I was, uh, uh, yeah, I remember that you came to... Yeah. So you had kind of fallen off uh, the radar yeah. with yeah. us for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then and then the next time I see you was at IPCPR mm -hmm. with Cam and Marcus. And you introduced them like, yeah, this is, yes. this is Mombacho. This is yeah, where yeah. I'm at. Yes. I am a partner now. And I, was like, I remember that. What? The? Yeah, I was like, hang on a second. Can you guys leave a second? I have to talk to this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, Cam, uh, Cam Abita. And they are great guys. By oh, way. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah you know, Cam Abita, the most successful independent brewery in Canada. And uh, he has a production uh, and let's call it blending. We should call it brewery, you know, background and blending for me. So we were spoken the same language. And he saw in me, man, your passion is tobacco. You know, uh, going through my experience, it was like, yeah, marketing sales, you are great at that, but I can see your passion is tobacco. So we really, you know, split the, the, the job between the, uh, the partners at that time. So when I moved to Granada, I was uh, only deep in production, uh, building the quality controls, new sizes, new blends, uh, uh, new cigars, and production, and sourcing tobacco, and getting you know, more familiar with Nicaragua. Yeah, of course. I and remember the first visit to Esteli. Uh, good morning. I'm Claudio Italian from Mombacho Cigars. I want to buy yeah, who is uh, this guy? Este, uh, Ligero, Habano, whatever. 
the guys were like, uh, uh, what a second, what, what you want? What, who are you? Italian? Yeah. Like, uh, yes, I'm Italian. Italian? <laughs> Granada? <laughs> yes. Owned by Canadians? What? Yes. Yeah. So, of course, that had to be weird. Yeah. Can we take a quick break from the story and catch up on what the cigar is doing now that it has, because mm-hmm. it has changed. Yes. Right. Yes. And in, in my, uh, in my view, it has taken on a different kind of sweetness, mm-hmm. a more peppery type sweetness, mm-hmm. like sweet pepper, right? Uh, it's fantastic. That tingling you had in the back, and now it's going to look in yeah, the front. Yeah, that's exactly what's happening. That's what yes. I wanted to get to. Yes. So, yeah, that, that pepper that was back there is yeah. now on the palate. Yes. And so it has become, like, I can't stop puffing on it because it's delicious right now. I'm talking too much. That's why I'm not puffing enough. I know you are. Because I would like uh, to puff more, but great conversation. Yeah, Let's yeah, keep yeah. going. Uh, I think, I, I mean, I hope, I hope people can appreciate the story I because it's such, a, it's such a fun uh, trajectory that you've taken. I think that, like, cigar smokers that are right now watching this and have a passion for cigars, they're thinking, man, like, you can do that. Like, that's, that's the beauty of the cigar business is that yeah, yeah, new is. blood is, is always coming in with new it ideas is. and new passions. And it sort of re-energizes the old guys that have been in the business a long time. You know, spot on. Yeah. You nailed that. Uh, and before the, the little break, uh, you know, I took a lot of risks because of that passion. If you are willing to take some risk yeah. because of your passion and you go, you know, straight to that, you can do it. You can do it. Again, I, I didn't pick leaves with my grandfather in a tobacco plantation. Exactly, yeah. I, I never stole a cigar from my grandpa, grandfather or my father. No, that's why we love those kinds of stories too, right. even though I'm yeah. Cuban and, and my family on my mom's side grew yeah. tobacco. Uh, but we didn't, you know, I didn't grow up in a tobacco field either. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love those stories, right? Like uh, Rocky Patel did not grow up on a tobacco farm, right? There's a bunch of guys that have brought energy into the business exactly. uh, and new ideas and new ways of doing things that I, I think ca- is I exciting. It, uh, I call it the fresh air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think <laughs> that the, you know, the older like family-owned brands that really get it, and there are many of them out there that get it, they embrace that. Yes. Right? And they... Yes. And to a certain extent, they fight against legislation to ensure that yep, guys yep, like you yep, yep. can still do this. Yes. And so that's that's one of the so, things so that, I, yeah, so but that only happens with the ones that get it because they were once there, even though they grew up in a family of tobacco. Yep. But they were once in your shoes and they were the ones that brought in the new energy. Yep. So I'm thinking about guys like Galito Fuente, who brought yes. in energy to his, his father's company. George Padron, who brought in energy, right? Jose Oliva, even though he's out of the business right now, but he brought in energy to his... Very good friend of mine, Jose. Jose was my... Jose Oliva, my good friend, very first good friend in the industry in Nicaragua. No kidding. He said, Claudio, you're good. I'm going to give you good tobacco. Oh, yes. Well, you know, I mean, he's... And that's like, you know, uh, talking Jose about is for, for that's oh, like family for oh, me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You gentleman. know that. A true gentleman. No, no, but he's like literally like family for me. Yeah. Right? Yeah, he's... Yeah. Uh, He's you know about this, I have a, a quote uh, uh, that I want to tell you because uh, I made, uh, I think, a couple of guys a little bit mad. Uh, but for me, it's a perfect, perfect quote uh, to say this. Uh, many brands, you know, historical brands or huge brands, uh, they are keeping, uh, you know, their past in these days because they have their heritage, okay? I'm not looking into the past. I'm trying uh, to have uh, the most... Uh, knowledge i can get from the true masters to look into the future you know that's a little bit the fresh air not forgetting the past correct okay because a true master a true master for one reason of course because uh, no we are the ones point. we got to this point because of that and look at me i'm at this point because i learned from one of those guys yep, yep. so okay i'm not looking uh, in the past but i'm trying to sucking the most of that knowledge to look into the future yeah and i think uh i left out when i was describing companies that get it uh you look at a company like my father's cigars mm-hmm. oh, right yes. yes amazing cigar makers yeah. but they've also embraced mm-hmm. you know the the youth and the energy of a guy like pete johnson right and and all the different people that they've made cigars for yep. Uh, yep. casa fernandez uh, agonorsa they've embraced 
the people that they make cigars with, like Dion, right? Like Andre Farkas from LA, uh, Kyle. So all the all the ones that get it embrace that new energy and use it to catapult to the future, right? And so so I think that that's a that's an important you know I like uh, it. you point that, that up to make. because it's very very important, especially for these people, these new guys so that they have that energy yeah. and enthusiasm that they want to do something. I'm like, yes, guys. There is, a, there is, a, there is space for for everybody in this industry. You gotta be, you you have to have a discipline. Try to get the best knowledge you can get. Don't 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 stay. Okay, I heard that. You know, I'm. Uh, someone told me that. Be curious. Yeah, research. As he said, be curious. It's spicy. The body, medium, or whatever. Go deep into that. Don't stay behind the spices. Ask why. Yeah. And that's it. And ask why you are so passionate. Many guys say they are like, I'm passionate about cigars. This is my lifestyle. Ask you why, and then I go for it. All right. So uh, we've taken a little break, yeah. and that was good. So let's let's talk about the. Speaking of your passion, and mm-hmm. right, you have this cosecha line. Yes. Right. Yes. And I yeah, immediately when you bring up cosecha, you smile because uh, that that cosecha series I think is. It's probably from, from like the cigar geek perspective. That's the one that they seek out, right? Yes. Right. It's because I mean, Liga Maestro is excellent. Casa Favili is yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Diplomatico. We'll talk. We'll get to those. But I think Cosecha is one of those that are like, oh, I have the 2012. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. people talk about it like that, yeah. and and it's it brings a little bit of that like vintage mm-hmm. concept. Uh, cosecha is basically a vintage. It's a harvest. The word yeah. Cosecha yeah. is yeah. harvest. Yeah. Uh, and so, explain the cosecha line and what makes it so special. So, uh, first of all, I will call it a, a true vintage. And I say true vintage because I took the idea of cosecha from the wine. Yeah. When you have a bottle of wine with the vintage year on the label, it's because all the grapes are from that year, right? When from that we, harvest. Yeah, yeah, that harvest. So, when we blend cigars, we have a different harvest, different years of crop, different things. That's because ve- we blend. That's very normal in cigars. It is normal. Cigars are, well, let's just, let's just uh, sort of explain this really quick. Yes. Cigars are blended for consistency, mm-hmm. not too high, as opposed to wine. Wine uh, highlights the difference from vintage to vintage. In cigars, you guys, and, and mostly every cigar company, blends tobaccos yes. from different vintages to to achieve a consistency from year to year. Yes. So if, for example, one year's Ligero that you're normally using is a little milder because maybe it rained too much that harvest, you now go, okay, I need to add strength maybe somewhere else or get another Ligero. Right, what, what I'm doing here, you know, it's a lot more than me. No, uh, I just know how to talk. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> No, but it's a it's a what what so what, that's the what difference. The, what the guys need to know about blending. Yeah. Okay. We're not saying oh I blend only one crop. No, 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 no. In cigars, if you like a Liga Maestro, you want to have your Liga Maestro always year there, after year, year after same year, Liga Maestro consistency yep. with that strength, those aromas. So, in blending cigars, we don't use a formula. We use a recipe. So the recipe, then you adjust the salt and pepper and those things. Correct. Right. In a formula. Every year the same quantity, the same tobacco. X it plus, is X not plus y possible because, as you said, the crops are different because yeah. it's raining. Because it's a natural product. Exactly. Mother Nature. We cannot control Mother Nature. So in Cosecha, I took uh, the opposite of uh, that consistency, saying uh, in the wine, uh, they are highlighting uh, that crop. Yep. Why we cannot make something like this in cigars? So I started actually with the tobaccos of the crop of 2012. That was my first year that I arrived in Nicaragua. I lived there for four and a half years, based in Granada, Nicaragua. So the 2012 tobacco yes. that you purchased, because so, you guys, to to be open completely, you yeah. guys don't grow your own tobacco. No. You buy it from... Yes. From growers, yeah. uh, from... You know. And so the first tobaccos that you bought from that 2012 harvest, yes. you set it aside, aside from making the cigars for that year. So I was starting to make a new blends uh, and new sizes. And uh, while starting buying, uh, you know, Tobaccos from Alapa, from Condega, some from Esteli. I was like, uh, why we don't make uh, a crop of 2012? So I was like, uh, in the wine, they make uh, that, that, that vintage. Let me try to make uh, a true vintage, like wine. 
So all tobaccos, if I put an ear on the on the vintage label, all tobaccos should be from the same year. So we made those cigars, aging the cigars for four years because I was using a very young tobacco. Yeah, of course it was. As I said in the beginning, you want to have a cigar that wet, uh, ages very well. So you have to work on aging. So not having tobaccos very old, I, I wanted to age those cigars to give all the expression of the crop. And my idea was like... Wait, age the cigars or age the tobacco before making the cigars? The cigars with the, the, the young tobacco. Okay, so you made the cigars with yes. the young tobacco and then aged them? For four years. So all cosechas, I started 2012, and then we launched the 2013, 14, 15. So every year I'm... Trying, and I'll tell you why I'm trying, to make uh, that, that, that true vintage. Because I always say, you want to have a true Nicaraguan experience, you should smoke a puro. Puro is 100% tobacco yep. so from one country. So that's uh, the essence of cosecha. And uh, every, every year, it changes. Because yep. I want to give you the best experience of the best crops. I don't want to make it just a vintage saying, oh, 15, 16, uh, 13. No, no, no. Going to try the best of the best. Give yeah, me the that, idea of let's that. be clear. You're not uh, not blending. You are blending, but mm -hmm. you're only blending with tobaccos from that year. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so you're still coming up with a blend. Again, a it is still not a, a formula. It is not a formula. It it's never a, is, no matter a, what. Yes, and it's maybe uh, more difficult because uh, when you go in plantation during the crop, you see a little bit, uh, you know, Mother Nature. If it's strong, if it's mild, the rain. So oh, I get you, you yeah, want of course. To, to give that, that input in the blend, in the cigars, so that you would say, oh, 2013 was like this, yeah. 14 like that. Which is exactly stronger, what happens in yeah, one, right? stronger than 13. Yeah. And I can tell you more. Don't get sad. I didn't make it 2016. Cosecha. Very rainy, very strange, a uh, little bit weird uh, season. Rain, uh, dry, dry, rain. Uh, it was like... Uh, and trying to get the best. So I'm not saying I didn't get the best. I couldn't make uh, the best blend representing that crop. So I didn't make it. So no there 2016? Is not, uh, no. The seven, Cosecha 17 is already rolled and aging. But 16 but not is... 16. Don't expect the next it. year. Yeah, skip it. Interesting. What yes. about what happens, uh, you know, what happens this year? So this is a good transition now to talk about the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Right, so the pandemic has obviously caused a bunch of problems all over the world for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. uh, in cigars, it has boosted sales, but yeah, changed yeah. them, uh, shifted yeah. them from the brick and mortar retailer mm -hmm. even more towards uh, catalog and online. Yeah. Uh, but then also for the cigar makers, yeah. it has caused all kinds of problems because traveling to Nicaragua right now yes. is very difficult. Uh, How do you, how's traveling to the Dominican Republic? Not that that matters to you, but I'm just curious. No, I think I think it's pretty easy to the yeah. Dominican Republic. Of course, you gotta wear. So they haven't had those yeah. kinds of problems. No, the problem. But you guys, yeah, we in have Nicaragua a have a, a tremendous yeah. problem because you can't travel there very easily. There is very only, easily. only one uh, one air company that's flying to uh, Nicaragua. Avianca, right? Avianca, and there at is the a moment. lot of things that you have to do before. To yeah, you have there. to jump through a lot of hoops. So what guys are doing Negative is fast. You're gonna send to Avianca. Avianca is going to send uh, to Nicaragua. It's not easy, and uh, since uh, I think May, all the other major companies are pushing back, uh, pushing forward the, the, the day that we land again to Nicaragua. So if you want, it's since March, I'm sitting here in Miami. Now, the thing uh, that I'm uh, very grateful, it's uh, the Mombacho team in Nicaragua. Uh, Oliver, my GM, uh, Diana in administration, uh, uh, Juan Carlos in production, all the Bonchero Roleros, so the people in raw material, in packaging, doing a spectacular job. Yeah. But it's difficult because I'm not there. Yeah. First of all, I'm missing them. You yeah. know, I'm missing them every day. Yeah, you know, this, is your, to everybody this is your Nicaraguan family. family. That's yeah. my family. And then, uh, you know, we solve the problem uh, with, with the shipments that we, uh, we have uh, constantly to Miami. So I get, uh, I don't know, cigars from last batch. Cigars that they are aging. Uh, so all the samples uh, that I have to try. Of course, uh, you know, Juan Carlos now is ramping up uh, his uh, super, uh, production supervisor into tobacco leaf buyer. Yeah. Because, uh, man, we 
We are you, growing in production. Do you do like FaceTime calls with her? Every time. Yeah. FaceTime, Zoom, uh, WhatsApp. Yeah, but you can't, uh, you can't, you can't no. smell it. You can't smoke it. You can't. The, 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 the physical touch, it's, uh, it's hard to understand still that we cannot do that. Yeah. And, and we, can, we can kind of uh, explain it a little bit without you know, taking too much time. But we can explain what happens when you go to buy tobacco. Mm -hmm. Right? So you have a, 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 a vendor or a grower. Who says, "Hey, Claudio? Yep. Here are the you know I've yeah, got these yeah, yeah. bales for you to review." Yes. He opens a bale, and yep. you pull out a leaf. And now what happens? So you have uh, all those bales piled up, uh, one uh, yeah, and then uh, they are already open, and they take uh, la plancha, which is a bunch of leaves from inside. Uh, and many times I ask from a side or the other side or the middle. Yeah, because uh, there's little tricks. It's uh, you know, you learn those things. Yeah, we don't have to get into so that. So you have uh, those leaves on the top, uh, and then you go for the smell. You go for uh, for the size, uh, you go for the weight, uh, you go for the humidity, uh, uh, you start burning the leaves. Uh, maybe you put together a couple of leaves and uh, you start smoking. Yep. Uh, there is a lot of things that we do when we buy tobaccos that I've been doing it since uh, the first day I moved to Granada. So I, I, I had uh, Juan Carlos uh, already working as a production supervisor before I left. So he has been trained a lot uh, even on uh, how we should smoke at the factory to feel uh, the differences, if it, there is a difference in a blend or in a cigar that we are producing that day. So it was already at the top of that. Uh, of course, uh, the other thing that helped us a lot, uh, we work always uh, with the same tobacco growers. We are not uh, buying uh, one day from one, uh, another day from another one, a day from someone I didn't know, but yes, uh, that tobacco from the region uh, constantly. Since uh, 2012, working with our tobacco growers. Same growers. Same growers. Of course, uh, when we have a new project, uh, maybe a wrapper from uh, yeah, a or there's a shortage of something. And you other get, yeah. things. But the core tobaccos we use, uh, all from the same tobacco growers. So more confident uh, to say, okay, Juan yeah. Carlos, I talk with the growers saying, okay, we're going to buy this, that. Uh, and they, they, they tell me, ah, this crop, maybe try this. Uh, they give uh, samples of tobacco leaves uh, to the factory and they send to me. It's a little bit complicated, but, you know, we are going through that. What has been the biggest challenge of the pandemic? Is that it? Or have there been other challenges uh, that the pandemic has, has The biggest you? challenge for us, uh, and uh, I can speak pretty much for all my colleagues, it's uh, the care of the people there. You know, to take care of the people there, that nobody get infected, uh, all the uh, education around COVID uh, prevention and, uh, you know, all masks, uh, gel, uh, sanitizing, everything. It has and been a education. tremendous, tremendous. Yeah, it, you know, telling and how much we give, uh, we give a mask for free to them uh, to bring uh, home as well. Yeah, not only w when they are working, but also the, just the the education yes. when you're telling yep. your yep. worker X Y Z, but mm -hmm. the local government is saying, you know, A B C, and it doesn't match. Uh, that's got to be a challenge, right? Uh, because uh, in the beginning of the pandemic, Nicaragua was like, what pandemic? There's no such thing. What are you talking about? So remember Nicaragua... I mean, as a country, uh, they were they were yeah, doing that. Yeah, yeah. They you were know, pretending Nicaragua like it didn't is exist. not a big country or a, or a country that it gets, uh, you know, you can watch uh, news uh, pretty much from uh, everywhere in the world. Yes, you can online and everything, but the people, they are not watching, of course uh, you not. know, UK or France or Italian news. So... And, and, and the COVID uh, arrived in Nicaragua three months uh, after it hit, uh, you know, Europe hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like every, United States. Yeah, it's a wave and it, exactly. the wave hadn't hit. Yes. So that, that work of education has been uh, extremely hard. And I remember in March, uh, we had uh, a, a beautiful uh, meeting with all the members of the Nicaragua Tobacco Chamber that I'm president yep. since uh, this year, explaining everything about COVID, uh, prevention, <coughs> And uh, I, I remember when I built uh, that presentation, I was uh, only watching uh, European news, the uh, World Health Organization, uh, all the major, you know, international agencies. What's wrong with American news? With the CDC. No, the CDC, uh, the Florida Health, uh, yeah, what's the name? Florida Health uh, Administration. Administration, whatever. So I put together all those informations. And starting uh, education prevention, this is the COVID, uh, why we should wear masks and this, this and that. Then we had the problem. So you did that at the uh, Nicaragua, uh, yes. Nicaraguan Tobacco Makers Association, right? Yes. yes. Uh, 
which again you are president mm -hmm. of, and so it was your responsibility to share that information with yes. all of them. Yes. Uh, and as a result of mm -hmm. COVID, mm -hmm. uh, next year's festival has been canceled. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. And uh, yesterday we sent out the uh, the uh, communication about that. The press release. Uh, yeah. We really, we really felt, uh, uh, you know, these guys uh, they are working every day. We are investing so much uh, to take care of them. And I can tell you, fortunately, very, very few cases uh, of COVID uh, in the tobacco industry in Nicaragua. And, you know, big factories, so they have uh, 2,000 people working yeah, in yeah, the yeah. same space. Yeah, so there, ha there have been cases, but very few. You know, the industry did a tremendous job uh, on that. And uh, that was a lot of investment, uh, care of the people, and care of the people coming into Nicaragua. Yeah, of course. And uh, beside that, the logistic. We still have uh, no flights uh, going to Nicaragua. Because remember, that before there were like a five uh, air, uh, air companies flying to Nicaragua, now only one. So one and with major hoops that you have exactly. to jump through, which not a lot so of people are doing. Logistically, uh, the situation in the country, hospitals uh, and uh, you know equipment and all that stuff. We said, you know what, the the the, the most uh, the the thing we should really do to take care of the people in Nicaragua and the people coming is not holding the festival in general. Yeah. We are working uh, to organize uh, visit, virtual visits in the factories, you know, to bring uh, people like uh, the best names in Nicaragua, uh, cigar makers, uh, master blenders, uh, you know, to give a uh, tasting, a uh, virtual, uh, you know, we are in the virtual uh, life right now. Yeah. So we should enjoy that. Uh, and, uh, you know, distance is shorter now with these things. So we're going to work a lot. Uh, I have a beautiful, beautiful uh, festival uh, committee that is working uh, to organize the festival. It was working. And now it's going to work in that plan to bring uh, Nicaragua into, you know, the 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 the, the, the main caves, the uh, cigar shops, and the houses of everybody. Good. Yeah. yeah so yeah. We'll, we'll, where should people uh, look for information? You just continue to send out press releases and through the media is where you share. Yes, so social yeah. media, Nicaraguan Cigar Festival, uh, Puro Sabor, uh, CNT, which is uh, uh, our association. Yep. In Spanish, it's called uh, Camara Nicaragüense de Tabacaleros. Yeah, like a Check Nicaraguan out, uh, cigar maker yeah, chamber. Yeah. Yes. Chamber yes. of Commerce. Sort. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so let's talk about a sort of co-venture that mm -hmm. you, not sort of, it is, uh, a co-venture that you guys entered into uh, that has been uh, extremely successful yes. for us at Cigar Snob. Mm -hmm. It has been profitable from mm -hmm. a how much rum we get at the office now. <laughs> so, uh, we love that. Uh, but so go ahead. Let's t tell us about uh, a Ron Diplomatico. Yes. More than convention, I would say a true partnership. Yep. Because I'm happy that, you know, finally uh, we have uh, something different in the industry when we talk about pairings. Okay. Because we always talk about pairings. What yeah, listen, that's what, what we do I... here at the magazine. Right? Exactly. We pair nonstop. And that's uh, the constant. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's always uh, what should we pair with the cigar? It's a liquor, a wine, a coffee, a tea, or whatever. Okay. <clears throat> I don't want to get into that right now. I want to get into the fact that the two companies yeah. came together saying, uh, let's make uh, the perfect pairing, we hope, between uh, a cigar and not a rum, but that specific rum. Because of the history, because of the company, and because of the history of Mombacho, and because uh, we felt uh, that the smokers are looking something uh, specific, very specific, not like uh, another a, a cigar that is a new line of Mombacho, but it goes very well with whiskey. No, 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 it's not that. So we started uh, making some events together with Diplomatico Rom, and then we got into you know deeper into that conversation of pairing. And uh, at the end, uh, we come up uh, with the idea, okay, let's make uh, a specific blend, a line of cigar that he pairs uh, with diplomatical rum. So, so this was, and the difference again is, in most cases, or in all cases, except for this one, uh, someone's taking a cigar that has already been made and taking a spirit or mm -hmm. coffee or whatever it is mm -hmm. that's already been made. And after the fact, going, oh, these two work well together by experimenting which combination works. In this case, the difference is that you started uh -huh. from the ground up with the cigar. I started from the rum, even before yeah, yeah. the... Uh, but the cigar is being made uh, yeah. to yes. pair exactly with that rum. Yes. Right? So that's the big difference, yes. is that from the ground up, this was designed for that, right? So I, I just remember, wanted to make sure I, I yes, explained I the difference. Yes, I had uh, 
el diplomático mantuano en el diplomático reserva exclusiva on my desk. And I started sipping, and then I started blending. That was Reserva is the green bottle that green bottle. that everyone knows that we featured in the magazine, yeah. all that. <clears throat> yeah, and the Mantuano is the younger rum uh, that yep. they have, I think. Which they use more for like cocktails and yeah. things like that, yeah, but yeah. you can also drink it neat because yeah, yeah. it's still good. Yeah, yeah. So I started the blender with that. Okay. And the major problem was uh, do I make that blender, that cigar that it goes against the sweetness and the profile of the rum or that it goes uh, like uh, by uh, similarity? I yep. went there by contrast. Yeah, so so that's uh that is the sort of the eternal schools, debate. Yeah, yeah, those are the two <laughs> schools of thought when it comes to pairing, right? Do you pair similar flavors and just kind of compound them, or do you pair or do you pair contrasting flavors mm -hmm. and sort of let them do this dance, right, where one complements the other in in the places that yes. the other one is lacking? Yes, and that is the that's what I path you chose. Yes, I chose that because uh, I was like, uh, okay. The Roma, uh, the Gran Reserva, uh, yes, some uh, some good sweetness. Oh, for sure. That was like, a, why to go with more sweetness coming from the cigar? Yeah, no, I'm 100% so with like you. A, you know, maybe some more spiciness. Uh, yeah, more with, savory uh, savory notes, spicy notes. Yeah. And unite the words because it was the balance between uh, and the lack of one and the other going together and complementing together. How do you Very feel? Very difficult. I mean, of course a challenge. Because for the first time, I was like, you have to make a cigar that it goes with this. I'm like, a rum? No, this rum. Yeah. I go, okay, <laughs> let's do this. So how do you feel about the cigar on its own? Because that's blend. the biggest challenge. Great blend. I, uh, I had a lot, a ton of fun with that Habana Ecuador. Okay. Because in our and that's lines, the wrapper, yeah, the wrapper, the wrapper, Abano Ecuador, that I didn't use for our corn lines for Tierra Volcana, Liga Maestro, Casa Favilli. I didn't use the wrapper, and a ton of fun. Uh, it's a for me, it, it is a blend that has a lot of personality by itself. Okay, it's a, by itself a, a great cigar, not a good cigar, a great cigar, and that's why I stopped at, at three sizes. I was a Petit Corona, thirty minutes. We love that one. <laughs> Robusto, 45 minutes, and then a Toro. And that was as well for the different kind of rums. So the Mantuano, young, a little bit nervous. So I was Petit Corona, 30 minutes. Maybe you drink that rum in a cocktail or something. Then 45 minutes, Reserva Exclusiva. You know. Then for a Toro, hour and a half, you go up for the more aged rums that they have, the Ambassador, the distillery collection. Good luck getting a bottle of Ambassador. If you can get a single vintage. Diplomatico 2005, get that. It's yeah. with a Toro. Yeah, he we were we were blessed <laughs> uh, that Claudio brought us a bottle of that because that is mm -hmm. very hard to find. Yes. So uh, that is a spectacular pairing. And you know, for me, it was as well uh, to give it that opportunity for someone uh, that remember that what we call the aficionados. Who who's an aficionado? Someone that is sitting there and wants to enjoy those 45 or one hour. Because uh, maybe it's by himself or with friends. Uh, and he's not there asking uh, for the your crop, the blend, the specific region. He wants to enjoy. Yeah. So I, I tried to make, to make that a little bit easier. Saying, uh, you know what? That guy made the, the cigar based on the profile of the rum. It should be good together. So let me try that. It's not like, okay, uh, what's the year production? Yeah, there's no uh, questions. The base of this. It's like, uh, guys, boom, you boom. know what? We want enjoy. to go for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's beautiful. So that that product has uh, been really well received. Tremendous success. Right. Tremendous. Now, I should say, unfortunately, it uh, coincided with, uh, you know, the toughest time in the last uh, yeah. century, maybe. <laughs> I don't want to say that, but a very weird time we are living now. A little bit weird. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so far, tremendous success. Yeah. Yes. Everybody is uh, already interested. Uh, uh, why? There is a uh, the name a diplomatic rum on a cigar, of course. So they were like, it's a diplomatic rum. So we make clear that the two companies they are still doing. Uh, Mombacho is making the cigars, and Diplomatico is making the rum. And as well, I would say, uh, part of the sales uh, from Mombacho and Diplomatico from the cigars are going uh, to two associations, one in Nicaragua and one uh, in Venezuela. So who help uh, the proceeds. Yes. Part of the proceeds from the sale yes. of the cigars yes. go to 
the association in Venezuela. One association in Venezuela and one association in Nicaragua. You know, we wanted to give back something uh, to the people that they are there working every day. Yeah. You know, and, and we are successful because of them. But they should also be noted that that was done before COVID. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I remember when you launched yes. the product in, we launched, in, we launched in, in Las Vegas. In, uh, yes. That I was, again, was fortunate enough to year. attend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember you guys talking yes. about that. So yes. that was well before COVID that yeah. you guys were doing that. Everything started the middle of uh, 2019. Then we started launching uh, the cigars later that year. So we had a few months, mm-hmm. like a five or uh, six months. Little head start. Of uh, true successful. But then it went through the COVID of the success. You know, it didn't stop uh, because of COVID. No, no, it's going on. And, uh, you know, we're already talking about plans for 2021. Wow. So extremely happy. So where can where can people find uh, Mombacho and, and obviously specifically right now uh, mm-hmm. Diplomatico? Mm-hmm. But uh, where can people find Mombacho cigars if someone's out there going, "Who is this guy and what are those cigars?" Because I'm I'm interested. Where do the people find it? So all social media and our website. Check Mombacho cigars or mombachocigars.com. So you're going to get uh, all the information about uh, all our cigars uh, uh, available there. And the history of the brand, uh, a little bit of my funny, weird history as well. <laughs> and what about and, uh, what about brick and mortar retailers? Brick and mortar, we are very strong in the East Coast, uh, very strong in California, and uh, we are slowly expanding. And uh, you know, United States, it's a huge country, huge country. Yeah, yeah you know, we're proud so of it that. Takes, it takes time, and uh, but very, very happy about the expansion as well. We are uh, outside the United States in twelve countries. So we have been very successful in the last five years in Europe. Uh, we are in Canada, of course. You know, yeah. Part of the blood of Mombacho is Canadian, so it's our backyard as well. Yep. And then uh, South America. <coughs> Excuse me. We are in uh, so Dominican Republic, of course, in Nicaragua. You can visit us any time at the factory. Doors are open. If you to happen everybody. to drive yes. through Nicaragua, because yeah. you're yeah. not you really like flying. Check a trip advisor. Best thing to do in, in Granada, Nicaragua. Number one, Casa Favili. Since the three years. Number one, the visit to Casa Favili. That's so cool. Yes. You yes. know, it's it's because Granada in in Nicaragua, yep. that is one of the tourist hubs. It is. Uh, the, that and, and the, uh, and the yes. beaches. The first stop. Uh, of course, it's Managua because you land in Managua. Yeah. But then you take a taxi, you take a bus, and you go Granada, uh, built in 1524. Oh, I mean, address. You want to get the... Uh, oh, yeah. It's the very, very first... Uh, uh, it is right on the right when you first come into Granada. It's like, boom, there it is. Don't even you. don't even go to the rest of Granada. We have a beautiful partner distributing cigars in uh, Guatemala. We had a dispute. He said, that, no, Antigua, Guatemala is the first city that was built by the Spanish in the continent. Was like there is no way it's Antigua, so I went online. You know, Google knows everything. Google knows, yeah. Antigua, fifteen twenty-seven, Granada, fifteen twenty-four. No kidding. Yes, it is. Yeah. Wow, because I've been to both. Uh, yeah. Uh, and Antigua is phenomenal, amazing as well. Phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah. Yep. So I'm sorry, my Guatemalan friends. <laughs> sorry, Jaime, <laughs> and sorry, my very dear Guatemalan <laughs> friends. I was there in March before uh, everything started. Wow. Yep. Yeah, All yeah. right. So. Uh, you've enjoyed very good ratings mm-hmm. in this magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know about the others mm-hmm. <laughs> because I don't read them, but, uh, but your cigars, you know, that we've not because of our friendship, because yeah, yeah, yeah. that's one thing that I've always told you is, listen, we'll, we're, we're good friends. We'll have dinner together, but the ratings are the ratings, right? Yeah. Uh, but your cigars have performed extremely well, right? And yeah. you even got yes. one in, um, uh, in the top 25. Yes. Not sure if it was 2017 or I think it was uh, 16 or 17. Yeah, yeah. 17. It was, it was a, Liga, a Liga, Maestro. Liga Maestro Toro. Yes. Fantastic cigar. Yeah, Again, yeah. go out and get that yes. uh, if you can get it. Um, yeah, I, li- I like these comments because, uh, as you said, our friendship and everything, but when it's about, uh, you know, quality and, you know, the, the ratings and to everything, us are sacred. I know. I know. You know? I, know. I tried uh, five years ago. To get something uh, for you guys, I was like, "Hey, Jamilet, hey, Eric, you get some rating." Uh, you were like, oh, "We talk later about this." <laughs> 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 no. So, 
So, man, thank you. Uh, you know, thank you for coming Absolutely and thank pleasure. you for spending time with us yep. and for sharing, you know, your yep. experience and your knowledge and all that with yep. them. So, yep. absolute pleasure. It. And uh, if we weren't in COVID times, we'd shake hands and I give know. you a hug. But I know, I love the fact that you know you saw me uh, as I said the crawling. Yeah. And now you know flying high, uh, always trying to do the best in production and blending and cigars. And uh, I would say I will leave you with one thing: get ready. There is a lot coming in 2021. We're ready. A lot because, uh, you know, we believe in the future of Mombacho. Because, uh, man, when you see those guys working every day in uh, an hundred years old the colonial building in Granada, they are happy and smiling. That's one of the things that uh, it goes into deep in my heart saying, uh, keep doing this. Beautiful. So, yeah. Yep. Again, follow uh, Mombacho Cigars on social media. Yep, Mombacho what? Cigars on social media, in Facebook, uh, uh, Instagram, uh, and then uh, MombachoCigars.com. And uh, let us know. Let us know. Uh, you guys what do you well. like? What do you and don't like? Yeah. Next cigars that we receive. Uh, I know you're not going to share if you rate them, but... Don't worry about awesome. it. <laughs> You'll check it out in the magazine. So you've got, you know, look, look for us on social media. Again, Cigar Snob Mag. Make sure you rate and review the podcast. Make sure that you follow us on social media. Check out our YouTube channel. You can subscribe to that. And if you do, hit the notification bell. Uh, also, check out the magazine. It's 18 bucks for the year. Cigarsnob.com. And uh, thanks again for listening. And I'll see you later. You've been listening to the Cigar Snob Podcast. Tune in next time for more nonsense and chicanery. But in the meantime, you can find previous episodes of the podcast on cigarsnob.com slash podcast. Follow us at Cigar Snob Mag on all the social media platforms and be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, hasta luego.